how are you today? Today is actually my dad's birthday. Woo! Happy birthday to my father who is in heaven with my father in heaven. Today I will for sure be eating yellow cake with chocolate frosting and having some Hawaiian pizza from Papa Murphy's and drinking Diet Dr. Pepper. Guys, welcome to episode 35 of Crooked Crimes. She isn't even doing her <laughs> podcast name. Welcome to episode 35 of Crooked Crime Sisters. And uh, let's just go ahead and just say this because it's fun. So this whole summer, we've been recording remotely, which has been a fun challenge, but also fun. And uh, Tristan doesn't have air conditioning. So I would always just be like, whatever, just turn your fan off. It's fine. Like, get over it. But now I'm living in a place that doesn't have air conditioning, so I don't have my fan on, and I am sweating. You know sweating. what? I don't even want to talk about it, Taylor, because, yeah, look, yeah, sure, you're really going through it. But I recall recording during the heat wave I, that's with what no I, mean. I feel bad. We recorded, and it was the heat wave. I don't know why we decided to do that. We should have just postponed it. But we but didn't. No, we, we were like, we're going to go through it. And I literally sweated so much. Yeah. I think they're in the podcast. I'm like, I'm literally dying here. Like, get this Can over with. So up? sorry. Like, I hate my life. I'm sweating. Like, yeah, it's so I I hear you, but I, I'm I'm not listening. Yeah, my whole body is like clammy, <laughs> and we See and we like just started, and it's only like 80 degrees outside. It's not even that bad. Oh my goodness. So yeah, luxury. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we are sisters from the Pacific Northwest, and every Thursday we're here to give you the details of a crime that you may already know, and discuss our thoughts and opinions. Like you, we are completely obsessed with true crime not in a morbid way, and we too realize that many criminals find the Pacific Northwest is the perfect place to make their twisted fantasies a reality. We are not professionals by any means, but rather crime enthusiasts who like to talk, so with that, let's get started. Disclaimer, today's case contains murder, torture, assault, fetishes, and just all things disgusting and horrible in the world. Yeah, exactly. Plus, I'm not feeling it today, so... We're very bland. A bland day. It's either going to be really bland or you're going to be really sassy. And um, I don't know. Let's just see what, what, what we're in store for. We'll see. We'll see. So before we actually get started, I do need to give a shout out to my niece, Addie, for suggesting this case. So I actually had a totally different one planned for today. And we were going to cover Wesley Allen Dodd because, dang, guys, that guy was an absolute freak. And I was so interested in him from just a psychological standpoint. Um, because I didn't know really anything. So basically, like, once he was caught, he confessed, immediately pled guilty, and literally forfeited all trials, all appeals, everything, just because he wanted to be put to death. To the point that he even said, like, if you don't kill me, I'm going to get out, and I'm going to do it again. And that, my friends, is, like, perfectly interesting to me. So that's all I knew when I started my research, but then I legit had to, like, stop and I'm not even joking, like I legit had to go pray because I couldn't, I just couldn't do it anymore. So for the record, I wanted to cover it and who knows, maybe someday we will, but I just couldn't get past like what he actually did because it did involve torture of children and I just, I can't, I can't do that. So all of that to say, I text my niece who's an avid listener and was like, hey, we need a really good case and she suggested this gem. So buckle up, guys, because we are in for a ride. 
today we're going to be talking about the man who is known as the longest person imprisoned in the Oregon state prison system. So our new person of interest, because let's be real, I don't want to call him our friend because that's just not what he was. He was actually incarcerated for like 37 years. Imagine if that's how people remembered you. Like the dude was in the state pen the longest. Like, I don't know. I thought, I don't know. Maybe he thought it was like a title to behold, but no, not me. Tristan, you have any thoughts? That was like, I, I talked a lot right there, so. Yeah, I know. Shush. Don't talk. <laughs> Gosh. Um, my thoughts are, I mean, bad press is good press. Yeah. He's known for being there the longest. Not really a good thing, but I mean, hey, he got his name out there. Yeah. What even is his name again? So his name is actually Jerome Brutos, Jerome Henry Brutos, but he went by Jerry. Who is this? Brutos. Brutos, yeah. And he was a white guy. That's I, also, okay, I wanted to ask, like, where is this man from? I know, and the <laughs> fact that his name was Jerome, like, it just doesn't really sound like a white person's name, but. No offense, don't say, like, you're going to offend some people. I know, I totally am, but. People can have names. They can, absolutely. Names don't have genders or races. They don't. And I'm really just, Tristan, hold on for a second, because I really want to, sh- I should have put his picture in here. Because I want you to see it. Yeah, I have no idea who this man is. <laughs> I have no idea who he looks like. I want to. I don't know what. To I want picture. you to like describe because eventually, like people, you guys are gonna want to go look because he's just, he's just. I don't know. He's just interesting looking. I guess. Where is he? Hold on, Where I'm trying to get his it. Picture. I haven't put oh. it on there yet. I'm I'm working on it. So hold oh, on. Man. Here we go. Here we go. Ready? Bam. Why don't you just copy and paste it? You do I don't it? know. Why would you download it? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> yeah exactly so go ahead why don't you go ahead and just like describe like what like this he was the kinda... last picture that was taken of wait, him wait I need to like look something up real quick okay cause he kind of looks like someone I know oh that's even weirder gross you know what he like looks like kind of to me who okay don't like laugh but he kind of looks like a he could be like Danny DeVito's like grumpier brother <laughs> yeah why can't I laugh that... at that that's kind of funny <laughs> I just say, like, don't be like, no, that's stupid. Like, you're so off. Like, that's, like, instantly no. what I thought of was Danny DeVito's face. Like, he looks like Danny DeVito, but, like, taller. Yeah. Um, not, like, a happy-looking man. But I think it's the glasses really help paint that picture. They have the same glasses. Yeah. When, with no hair. If you shave Danny DeVito's head and you put him in a prison cell, they're the same person. So the glasses that he's wearing are actually called Tom Ford glasses, and they're those, like, really, really thick black ones. How do you know his glasses? Well, because I looked it up. Because I, I knew that wait, there's, wait, like, wait. a name for them. Oh, I thought you meant, like... No, like, no, he did not name <laughs> his glasses specifically. Like, that, I, I wouldn't even call... It's just, like, the style, you know? Okay, I thought you were saying, like, on a case study, and they no. put down Tom Ford glasses. <laughs> like, no. So, Why? Okay. also, in Tristan's description, so we have just, like, a chubby man. Yeah. And he's It's bald, Danny DeVito. And he is completely hairless. Like, there is yeah. zero hair on his face or his skin anywhere. And then he's got these thick, like, Tom Ford glasses. And friends, if you're not driving, go ahead and look him up, because he just... I don't know. You're just going to want a visual of this guy. Hold on. During the case. I need a... Just, just 
give it just give me a second actually okay well no now i'm trying to find danny devito and put next to it <laughs> i'm trying to prove my point here danny devito has hair though or he oh i said if oh he my gosh his head. tristan i literally just found a picture that it's i it, it definitely is the glasses it's the glasses that make well he, i i don't know i instantly looked at him and i thought danny devito but which honestly, that's not an honor. I think <laughs> Danny DeVito is very fabulous looking, so like I'm not saying it's a compliment. Don't take this like as a compliment. Yeah. Well. Either way. So, anyway, yeah. are we ready to jump in? <laughs> yeah, please rambling. get and get this started. Okay. So today we find ourselves nestled into my favorite era, which for those of you who don't know. Um, I think, and you might think that I'm naive, but it's my belief that the best of times in America were basically from like the 30s up into the 60s. And because we have like a lot to cover and it spans over a period of time, I'm just going to share that it takes like where it takes place. And that's uh, what I like to call or what us folks from Oregon like to call the Valley of Oregon. So pretty much it covers like Portland all the way to like downtown Salem. And with that, Let's begin. I've never heard of that in my life. You've never heard people calling it the valley? Like, oh, I'm going to the valley? No. Are you serious? Where are you been? I'm so serious. I think you're making things up. No, everybody calls it the valley. Everybody. Who? Okay, no. Anyways. I'm not going to start this conversation. (laughs) So, Jerome Henry Brutus was born in South Dakota in 1939. Small rant. Does anyone ever care, like, the specific day that, like, these criminals were born? Because I decided, like, I literally don't care. I mean, I like to know the year because then I know how old they are and, like, what and all that. But, like, the day isn't really significant to me. Tristan, what do you think? Like, do you think, like, you want to, like, know what day specifically serial killers are born? Or do you just, like, want to know the year? Um we're you're oh my goodness like we really do need to know the date if we're gonna be true true crime podcasters you need to know the date have you ever heard a thing called the astrological sign yes that is so important oh my gosh what do you mean like the date like we need to know the man's birthplace and hour we need <laughs> to do all oh my we need to do the birth chart of this man <laughs> that will literally lead what, to everything what chinese year was it okay no yeah exactly so- oh my gosh Okay. No, that's so important, though. Like, I don't know what you're saying about this whole, like, we know what we need to start doing. We need to start adding in their signs. Because there is a theory that, like, you know, Scorpios are, like, weirdos or people know, born in November are in most murderers. Signs. Like, I literally don't. But I guess You don't sake, believe astrological signs. No, I don't. You're kidding. No. That's, to me, that's, like, believing in psychics. And that's just comical to me. So, anyways. No. His no. birthday was January 31st. Which makes actually? him an Aquarius. So, is it actually January thirty first? Yeah, legit. It's January thirty first. Oh, he's a water sign. Yeah. So he was born January thirty first, and for those of you who care, he's an Aquarius. We're not going to get into the details of that. If you would like to do the research on your own of his astrological sign, have at it. So he was born to his father, whom he was named after. So his dad's name was Henry, and his mother's name was Eileen. And Jerome actually went by the name Jerry. And he actually had a brother who was a few years older, and his name was Larry. So Jerry and Larry. Yeah. Like, 
I don't understand that. Why do people make their lives harder by naming their kids similar names? I have no I don't, idea. I don't get it. I really don't. Or people that have, like, twins and make, like, name them, like, similar names. Like, why are you doing that to yourself? Like Taylor and Tristan. Why? What? First off, we are not twins. And that's not no. similar names. <laughs> that we both rhyme. start with T. That is not too okay, – We're both I can gender that. neutral names. That's nice. What? Jerry and Larry – yeah. Like, you are literally asking for problems. Maybe it was so when she yelled at them, it didn't – she could, like, just yell something and it was fine, like – because it ended in airy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fine because it ends with airy? <laughs> I don't know. So not only did his mother already have another child, but it was said that she was seriously upset that Jerry was not a girl. And because she already had a boy, she wanted a girl. And it was to the point that she was extremely cruel to her son, Jerry, but she loved Larry. And I don't understand how this works, but that's just the story that we are given. So there's that. Uh, Yeah, my mom wanted a boy, so I was given a boy name. I understand that. I can relate. Yeah. Well, same girl, same. Okay, no, you don't even get to play that card, Taylor. You do not have a boy boy name. How many I have boys, a boy boy name. How many boys were named Taylor growing up? I literally knew one, and it wasn't Taylor Swift because she wasn't even famous then. How many boys the growing boys, up were named Taylor? I knew, knew like one. five. That that didn't make sense. You you misspoke, but that's okay. No, I'm saying how many girls? Okay, yeah, you're right. I yeah. did, I knew like one girl named Taylor growing up. The rest of them were all boys. Taylor, what? I receive emails from people saying, thanks, dude. Thanks, sir. <laughs> I guess that's true. You know? Yeah. Which, honestly, like, I really do support the people out there because, like, my work is not really um, a men, a boy type of job. Yeah. So the, the, the people that email me are really, like, breaking gender boundaries. But have, yeah. They always assume I'm a man. Yeah. So I don't think you get emails saying, thanks, sir. Do ya? I don't. Do ya? Yeah, I don't, I don't get emails exactly. at all. It's my favorite when job, I call so. them, and they're like, "Uh, who? Oh, wait. You're what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the sir, it's ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> you know. Anyway, but <laughs> yeah, but I can relate to that. You know, I don't know why, but like, especially that time of the year, like not time of year, but that um era, that was like a super big thing. Like, it wasn't obviously not 2021, like genders were very strict yeah that's super true so yeah so due to the fact that she wasn't happy with the second son it was said that she despised him and he kind of knew it to which you know what that's just really sad for a kid so because she hated him he grew to hate her and that's just that he was said to have preferred his father over his mother but his dad was always gone working to support the family so after moving about a dozen times, the Brutos family actually ended up in Portland, Oregon, just after World War II. So wait, what did the dad do? Do you know what he did for work? Why did they move um, so much? I don't know. It's I think he kind of had like a collection of jobs because it never really listed specifically. Like at one point, I think he like worked, he did some farming stuff, but it didn't say like he was the one who owned the farm. So farming. yeah. So the family wasn't rich, but they weren't exactly struggling. All of that to say that there wasn't severe abuse by, like, by, like, those standards. It was normal. Because, you know, like, back in the 50s, (laughs) it was totally normal to, like, beat your children. 
in yeah. public or Cash. you know your school teacher could beat you if they wanted to so like they weren't abused in that sense at home but it was said that they just weren't nice people and i will state that it's been said that um the brudos father he was actually only five four and he was kind of a spitfire so he was super easily insulted and he would turn very verbally abusive like super quickly so me just making assumptions here because that's what we do on this podcast sounds like both his mom and his dad were basically like not great people not that they were like overtly bad but i i think that there's just like the type to like there's no better word to say than just like a-holes like i don't know am i right how tall is jerry i was actually just thinking about that jerry brudos he couldn't have been that I'm, tall. I'm convinced he is related to Danny DeVito. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm not losing that. Like that's gonna stick with me. Uh it doesn't actually say. I don't see anything here that says like how tall he hmm. was. I bet the DeVito family covered him up so it wouldn't be related. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so living in Portland, Jerry was still pretty young when one day he's out doing his thing. He's like five. And because it was the 40s and that was the norm, Jerry just kind of like wanders to the dump. And I'm pretty sure at this time he's 100% alone. So pretty much something that would never happen today. But okay, he's at the dump. He's by himself and he finds a pair of shiny black high heel shoes. Oh, and I forgot to mention that Eileen, since she was like not a petite woman, whatsoever heels were something that she had never ever worn in his life so he had never seen these shoes her husband was five four yeah (laughs) so at five years old this is the first time that jerry has ever encountered anything like this and boy was he infatuated he loved them so of course because these things are at the dump he decides hey i'm gonna take him home like no big deal a casual dumpster diving five-year-old like what a time to be alive i mean i just can only imagine like this tiny boy just like off by himself but again like this was the 40s so like every tiny five-year-old was by himself this was absolutely the time where moms could be like oh sunny i'm just running to the grocery store i'll be back in three hours or i'm going down to the neighbor's house we're gonna go have drinks by the pool you just stay here like and it was totally legit super fine Dude, I think, like, honestly, dumpster diving seems like the coolest thing you could do back then as a kid. Like, as a that kid. seems like, honestly, a vibe. Like, yeah. who's going to stop you? Exactly. So, Jerry is stoked, and he takes these bad boys home because, again, they are nothing like anything he's ever seen before. So, he decides he's just going to try them on. Parading around his room, innocently, I'm sure, his mother walks by. She notices the shoes and becomes enraged. Like, homegirl's absolutely furious. She freaks out and she tells him, like, you need to get rid of these, like, right away. No reason, no explanation, just full-blown anger to the point that she even told the little boy that those were, like, that he was evil for even having them on his feet. She's jealous. (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't know if in her mind, like, if she was, like, the prudent, you know, religious woman where, like, if you wore high heels, you were a whore. Like, I have no idea, but whatever this kid she's just jealous she's like i don't have heels that nice my son can't (laughs) 
Well, this guy, this little boy, he knows his mom doesn't like it like him at all he gets yelled at for no reason so instead of taking them back to where he found him he's just like i'm gonna hide him all right so instead um here's the deal i just want to pause and say for real my son has tried on my heels and it didn't mean anything he was just a curious little boy second i think it needs to be mentioned for those of you who don't have kids they are smarter than you think they are and if you don't like a kid even if you fake it like trust me they know it like they they just know it and they can feel it so i think this incident although isolated wouldn't have meant anything because it got compiled on with all the things throughout the rest of his life like this was the start of his fetish that it grows to become you know and Uh i will say that right now this boy who turns into a man it isn't just because of this incident or because of the way he was raised, because I, as a non-educated criminal enthusiast, feel that it was kind of like the combination of nature and nurture that really, like, unearthed this. So, basically what I'm saying is, like, just because you have a five-year-old who tries on heels does not mean he's going to grow up and become a crazy serial killer fetish person. However, when you have a combination of, like, 15 other things compiled on top of this, it makes sense. Like, if you know what I mean. No, I think it totally makes sense. And it's kind of crazy that he's only five at this age, too. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know. Do I remember my life as a five-year-old? Not at all. I remember but, my life as a five-year-old. Oh, maybe you can maybe say some stuff for me. Yeah. But, I mean, at that age, like, you're not really thinking at least, like, you don't think, like, deviously, on I don't know, on purpose, if that makes any sense. Like, obviously, we all have, like, naughty actions, thoughts, whatever. Yeah. But um, I don't think he, like, purposely was, like, oh, I'm going to keep these because it makes my mom mad. But, like, I think he was at the same time. It, like, went to that point of, like, yeah. it pisses off my mom and my mom pisses me off. So I like to piss her off. Yeah. yeah so I'm going to – and so, that's where it kind of, like, begins. So it maybe But it's wasn't... crazy he's only five. <laughs> yeah, right? He's <laughs> not even a teenager. It's not even like, eh, I hate you, mom. Yeah. I'm going to keep these shoes. Like, <laughs> he's, he's five. He's literally just a little boy. So, of it's course, crazy. yeah, it didn't take long for Eileen to find the hidden heels. Once again, she found her young son dancing in his room in those evil black heels. But this time, she not only took away the heels, but she made sure that her son would never wear them again by first locking him in his room and then literally setting the shoes on fire. Thus, the hate and the discontent towards his mom just kind of, like, escalates. Okay, like, let's be real, that's pretty extreme. I know, yeah. That's just a lot of effort. (laughs) But then again, I guess, like, she couldn't just throw them away because, like, the kid would just go back to the dump and get them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, he literally got them from the garbage. You can't put them back in the garbage. He's just going to go get them. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I have no idea, like, what. At the same time, like, what was she supposed to do? What was the right answer? (laughs) I don't know. I, again, I I don't think it was really worth it to burn them (laughs) to set them on fire yeah well that's what i mean it kind of like jumps to an extreme to where like if this incident had played out differently maybe things would have been different for him in his life but because they were so escalated like so quickly and because they were the way they were like it just made him feel like oh okay so this i'm bad i'm evil i did these things i hate my mom like and it just kind of piles onto things yeah So, 
a small break takes place from the strained relationship between like Jerry and his mom when he actually meets a neighbor girl and like another sweet woman whom he kind of like wished was his own mom. So he befriends the two not knowing that the girl, the little girl was like sick with tuberculosis. And so she wasn't going to be alive for much longer. And then like the neighbor, so they weren't like a mother daughter. It was just like these two separate people that he met within his neighborhood and became friends with. Mm -hmm. And like I said, the little girl had tuberculosis. So she passed away. And then the woman ended up having some sort of illness. So she passed away. So the death of these neighbors at age five, like destroyed him. Because he finally got attached to somebody who was kind and nurturing, and that was a woman. And so, because of that, like, you know, he just kind of fell apart. Also, I will say that I read somewhere that it stated because Eileen wanted a girl so badly, she would actually dress Jerry in girls' clothes. But I couldn't really confirm that in other writings, but it is interesting to note, since it becomes a habit that he carries on into adulthood oh so so like he he can't have heels but (laughs) we're gonna dress him up in girl clothes and make it make sense (laughs) that doesn't even make sense well that's what was the point of that i'm wondering too like did she just have some sort of like thing like you know back in those days it was like religious people couldn't go to the movies because it was satanic or evil or something like that. Like, were these high heels, like, in her mind, was that equivalent to, you know, whatever? I have no idea. So. I, I still don't. There's no excuse. Make it make sense, Eileen. That only <laughs> Yeah. So, in first grade, Jerry actually ends up stealing a pair of his teacher's shoes. Now, the teacher, she often would wear heels to class, but then she would regularly, like, bring another pair just in case her feet hurt. So she always put them, like, in a specific spot. So, of course, Jerry finds it, and he actually takes them. And the teacher was, like, slightly disturbed at the behavior, so she questioned him, but she just kind of, like, left it at that. Like, she didn't punish him or anything. She's just like, Jerry, why'd you take my shoes? And when he was just like, well, I wanted them, she was like, well, that's weird. Okay. And, like, moved on. I really, like, want to, like, I'm just picturing this in my head, like, how, like, it's playing out. Like, does she catch him taking the shoes? Like, did he put them in his backpack? Yeah, I have no idea. There's really not, like, what a ton of Because first grader, how that? could a first grader, like, smuggle sh- high heels? And, okay. Like, that literally is, like, such a, like, bright, like, seeing a little kid walking with a pair of high heels, not even on, just holding them. It's like, what are you doing at school? <laughs> yeah. And then I can't imagine, like, I guess – Maybe he had a big enough backpack to put high heels in, but like little kid backpacks are tiny. You can't even put like a freaking piece of paper in there. Yeah, that's true. Low, low, low. Well, high heels. And don't judge me for this, but you're totally going to judge me for this. But I actually got that specific story about the whole teacher in the shoes thing from reading one of Anne Rule's books. So, Anne Rule has a book on him. She does. What's it's, it called? It's called The Lust Killer. The what? The Lust Killer. Because that's one of the other names he was known by. That's lame. Yeah. He literally has a shoe fetish and you're going to go with the lust killer. See, and Roll, this is another strike against you. Come on, better time. Well, that's what I anyway. mean. Like, I don't know if that was one of Anne's, like, if this actually took place or if this was just, like, something that she put in there. But, again, mm. a story that yeah, was shared. <laughs> so, by the time Jerry was a teen... His small curiosity had kind of turned into a full-blown obsession to the point that now he's, like, 
almost infatuated with high-heeled shoes and he's kind of developed like a sexual appetite toward the women's footwear which i'm sorry just it kind of like makes me uncomfortable i don't know but things escalate one day when his parents had some friends over for dinner and the daughter of the family she was really tired so she asked if she could just take a nap in jerry's bed she woke up to find him like standing over her like creepily watching her sleep but he was more like interested in her shoes than like actually watching her specifically from that point on he kind of developed a habit of stealing women's shoes and clothing from people's homes and watching them through windows so then like i like at that point he's like i don't know taking stuff off the clothesline kind of thing or like mm-hmm. if he can reach it through someone's you know window he'll just kind of like take it kind of thing i know i have so many like issues with this like little this whole situation now i have like a whole i don't know i have a problem with this whole situation i and again i don't even know if i can really speak on this topic but that's weird to go over to someone's house and be like can i sleep in your son's bed sorry no 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 why well i mean like why? she was a, a a young girl no. like it was the daughter nope. it wasn't like no, oh, no, no, okay. no but then again like like i said i don't know if i can even talk about this because i can fall asleep anywhere um this like literally reminded me of a situation like a few weeks ago i was at a adult place a bar um <laughs> i was thinking you're an adult and- i was like that sounds really bad it's a bar <laughs> anyway and with me and like <laughs> friends, my boyfriend and his friends, because I don't really have any friends, but I'm friends with my boyfriend's friends. Like we are BFFs. We're all best friends. Anyway. And we went back to his friend's apartment. Like all of us. And at first I was like, Yeah. I was a little worried. I was really tired. I, I can literally sleep anywhere. I've fallen asleep at parties. I've fallen asleep during church. I fall asleep during movies, um, one movie specifically Forrest Gump's, got to bring it into the, every oh podcast, gosh. not worth it, don't yes. do it. Anyway. It is. And then I asked his friend, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, his name, we're going to call him Don. His name's not Don, because I don't know if he wants his name. Okay. Don. I was like, Don, when's the last time you washed your bedding? And then I thought <laughs> about it, and I was like, I really don't want to sleep in his bed. And I was like, when's the last time you vacuumed? And I fell asleep on his floor. So I'd rather sleep on a man's floor than on his bed. Like, I can't relate to that. This woman, you don't know this teenage boy, and you're going to sleep. It was a girl. I don't care. It was like a girl. I don't care. That's even worse. Like, why would you sleep in someone's bed? A, you don't know. Creepy. Creepy, creepy, creepy. Well, I don't know. Maybe they were like family. That whole situation just bothers me so much. And I've slept on Dawn's apartment floor twice. And his bed, (laughs) never. That's all I have to say about that. But at the same time, well, you shouldn't – I don't know. It's one of those things that is his room. Should he be watching you sleep? No. Where's no. the parents? <laughs> like, but at the same time, yeah. you should be mad at him for being in his room. Why are you in his bed, Goldilocks? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I just – I guess that's true. I have a really big problem with that whole situation. Like, I don't know. That's all I had to say. <laughs> I don't like the situation. Well <laughs> – Things are going to start going pretty quickly. So things actually took a violent turn when one day he encountered a girl whom he had stolen things from. So he comes up to this girl and he's like, hey, I've been helping the police. Um, I know the assailant of like the person who stole the stuff from you. So you should just come with me and we'll just go put an end to this like theft. (laughs) 
so yeah he like encounters this girl i don't know if it's like casually outside or like what the details are specifically but basically this girl had he had he jerry had stolen things from yeah. her and she knew that she had had things stolen she didn't know it was jerry that was stealing them and she so she tell or he tells her like hey i'm working with the cops like i know who stole your stuff like let's go i'll go help you get it back kind of thing mm-hmm. so anyways he told the girl to um come over i think like to his house and then was like okay like wait here and then he walks away or whatever and then suddenly a person in a mask appears and he orders the girl to remove her clothes where he then proceeded to take photographs of her shortly after he kind of like storms out and then jerry comes back again um, as if he wasn't the same person <laughs> under the mask what? in the first place. And it was like, oh my goodness, someone just attacked me. I've been, ha- I've been held out in the barn. And then he's like, you know, let me help you. And she, she obviously knew it was Jerry the whole entire time. Like the mask was not a good cover. She knew who it was. And so she ended up like not saying anything, not doing anything and just kind of like left and went away. Wait, what the? Okay, okay, okay. Let me just, like, play this out in my head. That's a lot. He played two characters during that. Wow. Like, (laughs) literally, like, he played, like, three characters because he stole the stuff. Then he pretended to be, oh, let me help you find the stuff I stole. Then he pretended to be, I actually got kidnapped and there's this other dude. Then he pretended to be someone in a mask. Like, what the heck? Yeah. And it didn't really go anywhere? No, because, like, they were young kids and stuff like that. Like, the girl, like, she knew it was Jerry, and so she was just, she didn't, she didn't, I don't even think she, like, reported it to police or anything like that. Maybe she told her parents, who knows. But just was kind of like, yeah, I'm staying away from you for the rest of my life. That's insane. Yeah. So, after that incident, he decided he was going to dig a hole into a hill where he could keep sex slaves. He even attempted to attack another girl but when she refused to cooperate he just started to like beat her up so thankfully someone noticed and actually like held him until he could be arrested so i don't know if like it happened you know just like on a side road or like where specifically stuff happened all i know is like he was beating her up Some other dude, like, witnessed it, like, an adult witnessed it, came over and was like, whoa, 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 what's going on? And then Jerry tried to play it off, like, oh, someone was attacking her and I just came over here to help kind of thing. But, like, totally tried to, like, change the story, but it wasn't. Why does he pretend, like, the girls are not there? Like, the girls were obviously yeah. like, uh, no, that's not what happened, sir. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, once taken into custody, the photos of the previous girl were actually found and it was learned that he was the predator that had been lurking around the neighborhood and he was only 17 at the time so they found like all of his stash they found his pictures they found because he was stealing underwear he was stealing shoes he was stealing clothes and oh and i forgot to say like um they actually found his older brother larry's like porno mag stash Uh. but but they blamed it on Jerry because Larry was like such a good kid. Like he would Sweet never, angel. he would never do anything like that. Yeah. So yeah. Due to his age, it was decided that they would actually just go ahead and put him into the Oregon State Hospital. His parents refused to house him, stating that he couldn't come home until he was quote unquote cured. 
And this was the height of the chaos that would kind of ensue like at the Oregon State Hospital, which we absolutely plan on covering at some point. So Jerry was housed there for about nine months in which he was released every single day to attend high school and then return to take part in therapies and receive like evaluations and stuff like that. Interestingly enough, um, this was in the time like before the um, the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I can never say that Cuckoos? freaking word. Cuckoo's oh, Nest. I've never seen that. And um, a lot of people who have stayed at the Oregon Hospital say that it was de- the way it was depicted in the film was completely accurate as to like what it was like being there. And I've heard that it's not great. And I'm sorry, I'm totally going to admit this. I've never watched it. I've never movie, seen that so in my no life. I have no idea. It's super famous. Um, Jack Nicholson's in it, like in the very beginning of his career. Also, I will also say that um, Jerry, while he was found to have had like devious thoughts and like sexual fantasies, but when he was being evaluated at the hospital, they actually said that he was just super shy and quiet. And to the point that decades later, once he gets arrested and like his crimes are committed and everything, people who graduated from the same high school as him in the same class couldn't even recall him existing. Like he was so invisible there. This is so dumb. This whole situation is just so stupid. First off, cool for putting him in the Oregon State Hospital. Actually, I guess that was decent. Of course, he's shy. He's not going to yeah. tell you about <laughs> sexual fantasies. He knows it's wrong, and that's why yeah. he's in the freaking hospital. You know what I mean? Like, why would he be like, yeah, I'm crazy, but like, let me just spill it. Like, Well, what? and it's really hard to say because I don't – we didn't – I feel like we really didn't know a lot about mental health in the 60s. All, and, but... Or like – well, this – well, at this time, it would have been in the 50s. Like, we really didn't know much about stuff. So it's hard to say, like, one evaluation did say, like, oh, he maybe shows sign of, like, schizophrenia, but then there's other times where they were just like, oh, he's just some high school kid, like, He's just quiet. He won't say anything. Yeah. Like, no wonder. I wouldn't say anything either. What was he supposed to say? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. And then also the biggest thing that's bothering me is why was he allowed to go to school? Exactly. What? But then again, why <laughs> why was freaking Robert Langley Jr. allowed to like leave all the time? I don't time? know. Like, this whole Oregon State Hospital What is thing Oregon doing? It's so yeah. insane. But like he's literally attacking women on the street and like young girls, but like, oh no, it's chill. He hasn't attacked a schoolmate yet, so he's fine. Like So it's huh? fine. He can go and to I school. And I love how That's literally safe his place. parents refuse to have him in his hat in the house, but he's safe to go to school. What? Yeah, exactly. That's what didn't make sense <laughs> to me either. Like, what doctors were agreeing? I just on like this? don't see the logic in that at all. Of like, that makes sense. Total casual. Like, oh yeah. Like, I don't know. Again, yeah. they were doing like probably shock therapy to him and doing whatever stuff. Oh, they should. They should have done sure. a lobotomy or whatever. I was going to say that? nothing short of a lobotomy. Where was sure. that? That's what he really needed anyway. But. Well, as I said, he was in the insane asylum for nine months, and at the end of his stay, the doctors pretty much said that he was fine. They said he was just immature and he needed to grow up, to which, obviously, they were horribly wrong. Like, seriously, they knew of his two attempts of rape, and they just kind of chalked it up to, like, oh, he's just a horny teenager and he needs to grow up. He's fine. It's fine. Like, that, 
I'm mind boggled. I like honestly don't even understand what did they even do to cure him? Like after the nine months, they're just like, you graduated. (laughs) Like what? Yeah. What part of them is like, oh, I think you're good now. You've been here this long. So you're like, I don't understand. I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. They probably were just like, we really don't want you here anymore. You're cured. You can go home. Like, yeah. It's dumb. Well, Jerry graduated from Corvallis High School in 1958, and the following year, he did what all future serial killers and psychopaths do. He enlisted in the United States Army. Yeah! I mean, I'm really proud of Jerry. He actually graduated. That's really a step up from a lot of people on this <laughs> podcast that we talk about. But yeah, why are they Don't get that far. going in the Army? What does the Army ever give I have no idea. I have no it idea. It seems like a psychopathic move to make, though. I agree. They're right on track. Oh, I think... It's like there's a checklist, and this definitely falls onto the checklist. Like yeah. 90% of them end up in the military. But he only remained in the military for a limited amount of time, like less than a year, because he was actually referred to a psychiatrist after he admitted to having tremendously bizarre dreams about his sexual fantasies. So there's that. So, okay, I was thinking about it, and I just wonder how many future murderers and psychos were enlisted together at the same time. You know what I mean? Or how many of them went to the same boot camp? Because honestly, like, at least in my knowledge, there's only, like, five boot camps in the United States Army. Um, And is it all just a coincidence? Because for those of you who don't know, I don't believe in those. I believe in Jesus. But I do think it's, like, super interesting. Because I, I would love to, again, we've talked about timelines. We've talked about lists. We need to just make one of those. I don't know. Yeah. No, I think it's interesting, too. There probably was, like, moments where they've, like, crossed paths. Well, what's that, like, statistic? You cross paths, like, uh, with a serial killer every day or something dumb. Like, you know what I mean? Have you seen, yeah, you exactly. know, whatever it is. Yeah, So they've exactly. probably That's totally what I'm saying. crossed like, paths. Yeah. Like, how could they not? Like, how many of them were all there at the same time is, like, really what I want to know. Like, class pictures. Oh, like, just I'm just naming them. These are not actual factual things. Like, oh, Happy Face Killer, Ted Bundy, and the Green River Killer. They all went to the same. They were all stationed at the same army base at the same exact time. Like, they were all drinking the freaking acidic water or whatever. What is it that they they say? In lead, the water, like, lead water, lead water, lead water. The lead water. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But, okay, and I I really – dude, I'm so, like, lost for words about this, like, case. I mean, we haven't gotten – we haven't – we know the justice – We haven't even gotten Yeah, I know. We know the justice system sucks and, like, whatever. But, like, these, like, evaluation system, whatever you want to – I don't know what this is called, psychiatrist system of the U.S. right now is really failing, too. Okay, like, I don't want to talk down on this guy's, like, weirdo sexual fantasies, whatever – he was a psychopath, but, like, he was he really that much of a psychopath that they had to kick him out of the army for it because of his dreams? You know what I mean? I like, have no what idea. what exactly was he dreaming? I don't understand, like, it's, like, to a point where it's, like, you're really going to harm others to do your dreams. So it's, And then at the same time, I'm, like, I don't know. I personally, I have a viewpoint of the army. It's not the best viewpoint, but it's one of those things where it's, like, there was no other job he could have done. You could yeah. have not given him a job that he, like, is by himself and can't harm other people other than the people he's supposed to harm. Like, I don't understand. Why was he such a risk? There's so many instances where these guys, like, for example, whatever weird guy shooting pigs out of helicopter. I don't remember his name. Oh, yeah. The uh, Vancouver. Uh, Robert Lee yeah. Yates. Like, he was literally, like, you know, there's thoughts that he killed multiple women in overseas and, like, 
they all knew about it, but they never really did anything about it. But this man has crazy dreams. And they're like, oh, no, you got to get out. Like, get out now. Like, you know what I, mean? I just don't understand <laughs> Well, and that. I know, wouldn't it just make, make more sense to keep him in the army? Because then you can constantly watch him. Like, if you let them out, they can go AWOL and go do whatever they exactly. want. Exactly. That's why I was like, why doesn't he, like, got, I don't know. You don't get to hold guns and, I don't know, maybe he can just be a, like, scribe or something or... Describe. I don't know. Oh, like, write things down. That's like, hilarious. There's a job yeah. for him. He could... I don't know if they trust him with a broom. Maybe he can sweep some things. Like, I really don't know what they do. But I bet I there's something he could have done instead of being like, oh, nope, you're too dangerous. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. It's just weird. <laughs> and I, I don't know. Like, just throw him on the front lines. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah. he's really that harmful, then, like, okay, put him on the other side of war put him on like go harm the other people we're trying to harm or whatever i i don't know i'm not in the army i'm not a drill sergeant i'm not a major whatever i don't know tactics but i just assumed there was something he could have possibly done let's be real i agree i totally agree however they didn't do that i don't know i don't know maybe he was telling them like i like to dress in women's clothes and it was the 50s and they were like yeah we don't do that here but you gotta go so maybe that's what happened honestly now that i think about it they're probably like sir (laughs) this is not you are not fit for the army we're afraid for your safety sir you need to leave so maybe that was it who knows that's a good theory Well, when he returned from the forces, he came straight home and he actually moved back in with his parents who had a two-bedroom house, which was all fine and dandy because while Larry was away at college, that meant that Jerry could have the other room. However, whenever Larry returned, that meant that Jerry was actually forced to move into the shed in the backyard because apparently, I guess they can't share a bedroom. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of weird. And it's when Jerry moves out into this, like, shed in the backyard that he kind of like picks back up of being a weirdo well i bet once it seems like once jerry gets to be alone he does not do good he needs a friend he needs a companion at all times jerry goes on to study at um osu oregon state university where he works various places from radio all the way to electric he unsuccessfully tries to kidnap another woman uh, she manages to get away, but not without Jerry taking her shoes. What in the world? So <laughs> he's back to like, hey, I just want your shoes. So at the ripe age of 22, he actually meets a young 17-year-old girl on a blind date. And that just bothers me a lot. Like, where are your parents, little girl? But these two, they fall for one another. And her name is Darcy. And she actually ends up getting pregnant. Jerry states that this was his first time having intercourse, and they ask her parents' permission to get married, and they are married in 1962. The couple end up having two kids together. So, for the most part, it seemed as though this was just a normal marriage. Like, his wife, Darcy, found her husband to be a little eccentric at times, but for the times, it wasn't unheard of to have, like, a husband, like, be controlling over his wife. And, um... So that was just the way that Jerry was with Darcy. However, in their home, he made the basement like his domain. He forbade her to ever come down to the point that he even installed an intercom so that if she needed anything from the basement freezer, she only needed to call down. 
He seems like a regular dude. He doesn't always have a consistent job, but he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, or even curse. Uh, dude, this, like, literally just pulls me, like, into a loop of, like, just so many, so many questions for... I've always wondered, like, you know, the serial killer, psychopath, rapist people, like, why do they pick certain people and they, like, they, that's the person they love and they, like, don't attack? You know what I mean? Like, why did he pick Darcy yeah. out of all these girls he, like, tries to attack and all this stuff? Like, but this young 17-year-old girl, he ends up going on a date with her. I'm assuming doesn't steal her shoes by the end of the night. Who knows? Maybe she's into it. Maybe she yeah. thought it was cool. I don't know. Maybe she's wearing men's shoes. And he's like, I really don't like men's shoes. Like, maybe I can keep you around. <laughs> yeah. This could be a good relationship. I don't feel any sexual tension towards your shoes. Maybe that's like, I don't know. You know what I mean, though? Like, there's so many cases. Like, these yeah. men have wives and kids and all this stuff. And, like, nothing ever happens with them. But then, like, their whole other side of them is just, it's just so interesting to me. Like, what no, is it the absolutely difference? is. Like, what? Yeah, what's the difference from this girl compared to all of the other girls? Like, it that... had to be the shoes. Darcy had I, to be I mean, wearing I don't know. men's shoes. She must have not been wearing high heels. She must have been wearing, like, literal, like, I don't know, clown shoes or something. Clogs. Yeah, like, I don't understand. <laughs> oh, it's just so weird. And it's also weird, like, Darcy, you never got curious. You can't tell me Darcy never snuck down there and been like, what the frick are you doing down here? Like a whole oh, we will for sure system. Like yeah, we will we will for sure talk about like Darcy later on in the episode. But like yeah, I kind of wondered that too. And and you honestly, I wasn't thinking about it from the standpoint that you just brought up. But you have to think about it. Like Ted Bundy had a regular relationship exactly. with a girl who had no it was idea. Lily Israel Keys. Look yeah, in the show. Israel Keys. <laughs> <Lily Collins. laughs> Gosh, Israel Keys had a daughter and had a relationship with a woman for you know ten plus years. Like, how do these men go from viewing women as whatever they decide to view them as, but then they there's always like that one person that they're okay with that they have normal lives with. Weird. Robert Lee Yates had a wife. Like it's John Wayne Gacy. He had a wife. Like. What makes them different? Is it like you said? Is there something that's part of you that's just like, oh, you're I'm not attracted to you in that sense, or like, but you know, it's not, like they you don't are spark sexually that. attracted to him. It's their wife, and they have kids with them. That's the thing that doesn't get me. I don't understand if it's like a weird, like, no sex relationship, and he has to get it somewhere yeah. else. But like, sir, like, you can't. I don't know. It's like you're double dipping twice, and like, I just want to know why. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree. It is super what interesting. Is, where Where is the science? Yeah, see? Where is where the science is in this? The is there even a science to it? I no have idea. no idea. <laughs> we should really look into things. Well, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. So in their home, um, he, like I said, he had the basement. He called it his workshop, and that's what we're going to refer to it as from mm -hmm. now on. And he told his wife that he needed privacy because it was his dark room and he was an amateur photographer. Now, I don't know if she just had a feeling he was strange and just didn't say anything or she just didn't care to notice. Like, I don't know if she came from, like, a bad home. Because, you know, I've heard of that sometimes. Like, oh, this was the first guy to ever, like, treat me nicely or treat me yeah. a certain way. So I just put all of my red he flags to the wayside. Shoes, but it's fine. I just wear yeah, men's because... shoes and stop stealing them. Yeah. And I don't know because he didn't – he honestly didn't hide his obsession with high heel shoes from his wife. Like that was still 
something that was absolutely part of who he was and she knew it because he actually required his wife to only do her work in the kitchen in her heels like not even clothed just just the heels and then he would like photograph her fulfilling his sexual needs and fantasies and i don't know i wonder if she was ever told about his past because i thought about this like did anybody come up front and be like hey you you know jerry was in the state hospital for nine months right or if it just kind of remained a secret because it was embarrassing well and i wonder too but, it's like is she already like too far in she's married they have two kids it's like what are you gonna do now yeah and as time went on he wasn't even afraid of cross-dressing in front of her Ugh. like he was stealing women's clothes dressing himself in drag and then photographing himself so if 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 you have a free moment and you want to, you can actually Google those images. Oh, and I, stop. I'm sorry, I would just like laugh. Okay, <laughs> just sorry, like you continue. Laughed so much, but I don't know whether she wanted to ignore it or she was growing afraid of it. It was known that she was aware that it wasn't normal. So after a while, it just wasn't enough. It wasn't fulfilling, and thus Jerry went from potential murderer to full blown homicide. This leads to Darcy to kind of like pull away and thus Jerry starts stealing more. He starts dressing in drag more to the point that he even starts wearing women's clothes underneath his own, like on a regular basis. See, that seems like really intense. That seems awful. Like, why would you get to wear more clothes than you need to already? No, thank you. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, I can't tell if it's just part of the times and because, like, divorce was such a, like, taboo. Like, did Darcy just kind of, like, ignore it and, like, she just did her own thing. He did her his own thing. She had her and the kids and, like, she just didn't care. Like, I don't know. And unfortunately, like, she never – we'll talk did, about it later. Did but... he do it in front of the kids, too? Or was he kind of, like, not in front of the kids? I don't think that's so. interesting, too. So it's, like, what even – I don't know. That's really weird. I have no idea. But with his urges absolutely out of control, Jerry began following women and, like, preying on his opportunities. So once while downtown in Portland, Jerry finds himself stalking a 27-year-old woman at PSU. He actually traps her in the stairwell, strangles her, and rapes her. She survives, and I believe she goes and reports the incident, but literally, like, pretty much nothing happens. He never gets caught. Sorry, I'm, like, reading a bunch of stuff about this man now. I couldn't really find a good picture of him in drag. Unless it, I was so good, I didn't tell it was him. And it was a, thought it was a Yeah, lady. the one where he's laying in a bed. No, I didn't. That's him. I didn't see that. Oh, well. Anyway. So, literally, like, I can't. What a psychopath. And there's no one, unfortunately, like you said, there's no one there to help her. Like, this was during a time no one was around. Because he's already tried to do this multiple times. And he's gotten caught multiple times it's yeah. kind of crazy to think about honestly like it's like sir stop trying yeah no he has actually gotten caught but this one he got away with but this one he ends up getting Ugh. away so having completed his first attack successfully it was basically all he needed to ignite the fires of chaos inside him on january 28th of 1968 a young woman is walking door to door selling encyclopedias it's raining, and she arrives at the home of the Brudos family. She actually had an address, and she asks if he would be interested in purchasing them. Immediately, Jerry invites the girl inside and says, can we, like, take this conversation to the basement? Uh, my mom and my daughter are upstairs playing. And she agrees, sadly, 
it was the most grave mistake she could have ever made. Not long after they get down to the basement, Jerry hits the poor girl over the head with a two-by-four, and it doesn't kill her, so he proceeds to strangle her. He then goes back upstairs, because surprisingly he wasn't lying, and his mom was there to play with his daughter. With a dying woman in the basement, he suggests that, because of all the work he has to do, the family should just go out to dinner, and then just bring him something home. So, with the family gone, and the poor girl has sadly passed away, he proceeds to dress her, photograph her, and rape her body, stating that he preferred a person to be dead because they don't fight back. Once he finished and satisfied himself, he then cut off her left foot and placed it into his freezer to keep as like a trophy. When his family returned, he went back upstairs to have a burger, and then once they were all asleep, he disposed of the body into the Long Tom River. I have so many questions. Oh my goodness. All right. Okay. Okay. First off, I just don't even know. I'm so glad we don't sell encyclopedias anymore. Door door. What a waste. Yeah. Um, second off, does this man like have like is it like his basement like in like a bunker? Is it like soundproof? I don't understand like no one hearing this commotion. Like if you get hit in the head of the two by four and she didn't die instantly. Yeah. She's probably like, ow, like freaking out. Like, what the heck, dude? You know what I mean? Yeah. Does the mom and kid not hear him out downstairs? Like, he makes it seem like the basement's 20 million, like, a mile away. I yeah, understand. I have no idea. Is he blasting music to cover it up? Like, I don't even know. Like, I just, that's the thing that kills me right now is, like, how is no one, like, hearing this? Your basement, it's, I can hear things downstairs right now. Like, I don't under. Yeah. I have no idea if they were just, like, not paying attention to it or, like, oh, Jerry is a weirdo. Let's not make him mad. Like, I have no idea. (laughs) Or how he I hear screams in the basement. Let's just forget. Like, Yeah, like, how he even got her down there to begin with. And so we'll kind of talk about it later. But, like, every encounter, unfortunately, because the girls have passed away, like, we only have Jerry's testimony as mm. our story. And I'm sorry, I just don't think that he 100% tells the truth. So it's really hard it. to know specifically what happened. But this is the story that, you know, he ends up sharing. So this is like what we have. And then he cuts off her left foot. Yeah. I want to know, like, what kind of workshop does he have? What did he – he had, like, a multiple odd and weirdo jobs, like – was he a cobbler? Was he making shoes down there? Like, <laughs> as a hobby? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I have no idea. Did he have a chainsaw? Because I, I don't know. I really don't try to cut through body parts. But, like, I'm pretty sure you need, like, something hardcore to cut through bone. Yeah. So it's like, what do you have down there that you're sawing away? Like, I feel like, unless it's a chainsaw, but that sounds messy. I don't know. Yeah. I'm really overthinking it, maybe. But, like, that, that part is killing me. Like, again did you prepare for this to happen? Because this is, like, a really random thing, too. He obviously could not prepare for this. This girl just randomly showed up at his door, and he was like, oh, hey, yeah. Let's talk so, about okay. encyclopedias downstairs. So I I do know that, um, at least from what he said, he said that he gave the address, like, she was expecting to go to this place. Like, she had his address. Oh, so, that's like, what you meant when she called- said that. Yeah, he called and, like, said – I believe he called and said, like, hey, I'm interested. Why don't you come over and we'll talk about it kind of thing. Oh. 
see, but you said she had think... an address, and I was like, what does that even mean? Cool. Yeah. And <laughs> His address, I see. And as a a guy, like, he was the opportunity killer. He wasn't, like, specifically stalking people. He was just kind of, like, whoever was available at the time, that's who he would kind of go after. Like, hey, I'm going to see if this works out. Eh, if it doesn't, no big deal. Like, Well, then maybe he did prepare for this whole situation. If he called her up and said, yo, come by sometime. Maybe he had a chainsaw ready. Maybe he had plastic wrap to cover, make yeah. a mess. Maybe he had that. Because, like, I'm just seeing, like, off the bat, like, randomly this chick comes downstairs and i want to know how long was the family gone at dinner because usually i don't know dinner takes like an hour that's a lot to do in an hour well yeah and that's what he was doing and honestly you can go do your own research and you can have like specific details of every single thing that he did to them however i'm not interested in talking about it because i think it's horrific so Basically, it it alludes to the fact that he would dress them up and take pictures of them. That's a lot of work. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot to do in, like, an hour, maybe two max. Yeah, and, and then he would kind of, like, put them in a toolbox that he had. So he obviously had tools. Well, yeah, he had to have tools. I'm just, like, it's interesting to think. Yeah. I don't know. And then third last question what the who is what is long tom river i never heard about my life oh yeah so the long tom river i looked it up i think it actually like starts in portland and goes all the way like down to salem yeah i've never heard of it it feeds in and neither have i so i was really surprised because it feeds into the willamette which everybody knows like the willamette is classic portland river dirty disgusting river but yeah it's it's just one of those like tiny rivers that feeds into the willamette so yeah so 10 months later jerry has now moved to salem so the previous crime had taken place in portland now he's moved his family down to salem in which he no longer has a basement but now he actually has a garage and once again he refers to it as his workshop because again guys he's an amateur photographer and whatever odd jobs he's doing his wife is just okay with leaving him to be on his own whatever dude i'd want to leave him alone too he looks yeah. scary. He steals your clothes. Just go have fun, Jerry, by yourself. <laughs> November 26, 1960. Wow. 1968, he actually finds his second victim. A woman was in her car, broken down. So Jerry stops and he offers to help the girl, stating, Oh, hey, I just need to run home, get some tools. And was like, Oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't stay here. Why don't you come with me? And then we'll come back to get your car. Bad so idea. he gets her to the house and he gets out of the car goes inside only to come back to climb into the back seat and strangle her in his like driveway to which i don't understand like how that happened however it did happen so moving on once again she is taken into his workshop to which now i hate that word because it's just gross to me and um, because she's deceased, acts out of those fantasies, keeps the girl's body for actually five days. But no. it isn't just that he, like, keeps her body. Guys, he actually takes his family out of town for the freaking weekend, leaving her deceased body in his garage. So, I don't know. I could have looked it up, but I didn't. So, he picks her up, whatever, has her body there, and then decides, like, on a Friday, oh, hey, we should go to the coast or something. So, like, they go to the beach. And in the time that he's gone, um, a car actually ends up crashing into his garage. 
Cops are freaking everywhere, and no one manages to see the dead body in this guy's home. Like, I don't understand it. I literally don't, like, I, it infuriates me that there was a dead body in a garage, a car, whether it just nicked the front or whatever. Cops are all over the place. They realize that the homeowner's not home. But how did they miss the freaking body? Like, this guy could have been stopped right here. I don't understand it. Yeah, no, that's, like, honestly so insane. Yeah. So when he comes back and learns that the cops were all over the place and found nothing, it honestly just made him feel like he was invincible. And in order to make sure he got away with it, he actually takes the body and ties it to a car part and dumps it once again in the Long Tom River. Oh March. my god. This guy has just, he's gotten away with too much. He's gotten too freaking, like his ego is too high. So he needs to sit Jerry down. Yeah, well, and the fact that, like, guys, he's been high at crime since he was little. Like, yeah. since he was a teenager. Like, and it's gotten all the way to this point. And Why the fact is he that he's not on, like, a it, watch list? You know what I mean? Like, right? Don't they have it where it's, like, you know, police kind of, like, you know, scout you out a little bit. Like, you, like, you know, you've been out of jail. Like, it's, like, you're still sketch. Let me just uh, but do a little drive-by. I guess so I don't, the 60s. Don't yeah, I don't know if they just didn't have that. They didn't acquire that kind of information. They weren't keeping tabs on people. I don't even freaking know. Hmm. But March of 1968, Jerry was back at it again. This time, he was dressed in drag, and he was hiding out in a parking lot of Meyer and Frank in Salem. Y'all remember Meyer and Frank? Probably not. No idea what even is that. It was kind of like a Sears or JCPenney, but it was just a really big like department store kind of thing. So, a young girl was on spring break, and she was there to have lunch with her mom, and it was a date that she would never make it to. Using a toy pistol, Jerry gets into his car and takes her back to his workshop. This girl was a bit of a fighter, and um, she fought hard, but sadly was unsuccessful. And I, I don't even want, I don't even, I don't even want to talk about this, but I just am going to paint the picture of who this monster is. Um, and listener discretion is advised right this second, but he actually created a noose and he lifted this poor girl just two inches off the ground and proceeded to just leave her to die alone as he went inside, made a sandwich and watched cartoons. Then Mm -hmm. he returned to finish his appalling acts and he actually ended up mutilating her body by removing her breasts so that he could make them into a silicone mold. Her body was then also dumped after being attached to a transmission and, yeah, thrown into the river. So, I don't know. Like, he just went from being like, okay, you're a horrible, horrible person to like, no, you're actually sadistic and just awful and you he don't deserve to. needs a new hobby. This is yeah. not a good hobby for him. Wait, like, yeah, what is going on? Like, honestly, and is he still stealing these girls' shoes and stuff? Because yeah, he does he keep like shoes of every pair, like every pair of shoes that he of girl he kidnaps and Acquires. kills. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. And he keeps photos and like I said, he's got like a toolbox with like everything in it. Interesting. So, because this girl was expected to be somewhere, her family, of course, is, like, freaking out. They file a missing persons report, and they start searching the area. 
Now, a man who was fishing on the banks of the Long Tom River actually discovers the body of the second victim. So not this most recent one, but the one before. Then the police, like after they find this body, they start doing a wide search and they found the third victim. Meanwhile, Jerry is off buying a fake police badge and oh he my is determined that he's not only going to lure his victims, but he didn't want them to like come with him in fear, you know, mm-hmm. like he wanted it to be like a legit thing. So he buys this fake police badge and he goes to the Lloyd Center parking lot and he confronts his um, final victim and this girl, her hands were full of birthday presents. And his claim was that there was recent shoplifters and that she was going to need to come down to the station to prove her innocence. So she willingly gets into his car where he proceeds to drive down to Salem, which for those of you who don't know, that's at least 30, 40 minutes away. And he ends up tying her up in the car. And I apologize so much for even making this comment, but I have to say, like, why didn't she run? Because, like, she gets tied up in his car and then, like, he goes in the house. And, you know, I'm just saying, like, when your life is in danger like this, babe, you just got to go. You just got to go. Okay? So he goes. He goes and has dinner with his family, which is just extremely disturbing, the fact that he can, like, compartmentalize himself to, like, oh, I just kidnapped this girl, and I know what I'm going to do with her. I'm going to kill her by the end of the night. But let me go have dinner with my, my wife and kids and make it totally normal. I have no idea. So he comes back. And the girl's untied, but she didn't leave. To this, I I don't know. It just baffles me. And um, I don't know. This guy was not shy with the media, and he was so full of himself. Like, he reminds me a lot of the Happy Face Killer, but obviously it's like he was before the Happy Face Killer. So we learn a lot of facts about him later on. But again, like I said earlier, like, I don't know if he was just really full of himself and this is specifically, like, what happened or if he just liked to create these scenarios where he was just the coolest person and this is how it went down. But he ends up doing his disgusting, horrific acts, except this time he actually didn't keep a trophy Um, But he still felt that he was, like, the smartest person for having, like, yet another victim. So interesting. So, again, I think this is, like, an awesome, awesome, awesome learning point for everyone here. Um, If a man with a badge comes and says, like, you need to come with me or get into my unmarked police car, like, sir – no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. And there's so many times where, like, I've, like, read people are, like, literally, like, you know, it's legal to call someone while you're with the cops so you have, like, oh, a yeah. record and stuff like that. I've mm-hmm. heard that's, like, a really good tip, um, like, recording stuff and all that stuff because this people do this and it's freaking weird. And, like, I just – it sucks because, like, this poor girl, you know, obviously, like – and back then, like, it wasn't – it wasn't really common, I feel like. And, like, like we all know back then they didn't really, like – no one was really super into true crime cases like they are now. So, like, yeah. back then they didn't talk about people getting kidnapped. They didn't talk about this kind of stuff. Especially back then. Everything was, like, hush-hush. Anything bad was, like, hush. You don't talk about it. Yeah. So, exactly. like, it's so sad that, like, this girl probably, like, didn't know anything. And she's like, yeah, I'm not doing anything wrong. But, like, I'll go to the station with you, Mr. Police Officer. I yeah. see that you're driving a 1953 
Toyota Corolla. I don't know what they whatever or sedan or whatever. Yeah, yeah, something like some loser car. But like, oh, you're a police officer. I trust you. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, and and Insane. I could be totally wrong, but my thought process is okay if. Somebody threatens to, like, say somebody gets you tied up or they get you in a comparable position, like, you need to fight for your life. Because if they say, like, oh, if you fight back, I'm going to kill you, like, call them on their freaking bluff. Because if they were going to, if they, if you fight back and you end up dying, sorry, babe, they were going to kill you in the first place. Like, you weren't going to live to begin with. But if they were just trying to threaten you to scare you you need to just fight it off. Like, that's how I feel. Like, that's how I feel I would be in a situation. Like, I would rather fight for my life than try to be completely, you know, like, what's the word? I don't want to say passive because that's not the right word. But, you know, like, to comply with, like, what they're trying to do. I would way rather. Well, I've also heard, too, where it's, like, most people in these situations, especially someone like him, they want an easy target. So, like, if you try to fight, most of the time they'll just, like, forget it like you're not even worth my time even more worth the effort you know a lot of times they're just like this is too hard see ya they just want actually fast easy quick yeah um i know i'm horrible but i did learn that in between the third and the fourth victim he actually attempted to kidnap a girl that was between the ages of like 12 to 15 but she totally fought him off and he actually stated later on that he did not chase after or follow victims that got away or aggressively fought back so yeah. So that's what I mean. Like that makes sense. A lot of times, like they don't want to deal with trying to fight with you. Like that's not something they're interested in. So if you fight back, you have a better shot of living. And like I said, if you fight back and it's the person and and you end up past like dying, like they were gonna kill you anyways. So I think it would be better to fight for your life than to completely just that's roll over true. like a fish and die. But that's that's me personally. I mean, I've never encountered a situation like this, so I don't know how I would react. And honestly, I, I took the kids to the skate park today and there was a tweaker there and he came up to me and I was just in my head thinking of like, okay, how am I going to be able to get my four children out of this place and fight off this person who is completely strung out on drugs? So I don't know how I would act. I just have scenarios in my head of how I think it would be. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So going back to the two women who were found in the river, they were examining all the things, working on discovery, like who done it. And that's when they took note of a very specific knot that was tied to both of the bodies of the victims, like that they were found. And it was noticeable because of the way that it was tied, as well as it was a specific rope wire cord. I don't know what it was, but it was exclusively used by electricians. So the cops went kind of from, like, having nothing to at least having, like, a direction to go towards. Oh, my God. The cops are working. They're thinking. The gears are turning in their heads. So proud of them. Go, cops. Finally. Finally. Yeah. Around the same time that the bodies were discovered, the cops also received a call from a woman who was actually going to OSU. And she encountered some strange man who seemed oddly obsessed with the disappearances and the murdered women found in the river. Oh, my goodness. So she said that there was a man hanging out at the campus claiming to be a Vietnam vet who was looking for dates. To which, by the way, guys, remember, (laughs) remember, this guy is married and has children. So she immediately goes to the cops after this weird encounter. She gives a full description and offers to, like, help the cops identify him. So get this. This fool was actually giving women his real name. 
And again, he's married, he has kids. So he's a gigantic creep. But And I think it was like something, he was even like putting ads in the paper. Oh my gosh. Like, hey, call me if you're interested in a good time. I'm a Vietnam vet. Like, whatever. But the best part is, once they knew his name, they actually pulled his file and you know exactly what they found. His entire criminal record, my friends. Yeah, I am like dead just because... Sir, you look like Danny DeVito. Stop. Like, you're not even hot. <laughs> yeah. Like, stop. And, like... Well, and I guess is, he's, like, super freckly, too. Like, that's the way that this girl, like, she's not... You know, actually, she, looking she... at him, he kind of reminds me of one of my ex-boyfriends, which is kind of oh killing me. Do you know exactly who I'm <laughs> talking exactly about? I know exactly who you're talking about. Yes. Oh, my Lantis. Anyway, so, like, I really now. can't say he's not, like, hot. I literally dated someone like him, but... Anyway. Well... <laughs> At the time, you know, he just kind of went from this random dude to, like, full-blown suspect. Right? Right. So, because they didn't have a warrant yet, they decided that they were just going to go scope him out and just have a little chat. So, they show up at his house, and while they're there, they notice the same exact cord that was found on all the victims. And this guy, (laughs) this guy is so smart that he notices that the cops are intrigued by it, and he offers... To give him some. Like, oh, you like you like the stuff that I'm using? Hey, you, you want, like, a sample of it? And then he, like, gives it to them. To which I'm like, these things are going, like, zero to 60. Like, Oh, fast. my goodness. This man is... We need to make a list of, like, stupidest criminals, too. Because, like... But how did he get away for it, with it for so long if he was that dumb? No, no. I'm like, talking about, like, stupidest sense. criminals, like, in connection with the cops. Like, why... Why are we doing this with the cops? He's giving me yeah. uh, cat vibes of, like, let me let me help you look for the murder weapon in my house. Yeah. No, sir. Like, stop. <laughs> Here, let me give you the thing I tie up the victims with. Like, yeah. what? And, and, of course, when they got it, like, it matched 100%. <laughs> so, from that point on, like, it was game time. So, they end up getting a warrant for his arrest. And the same girl that was helping identify him, she, like, actually identifies him through, like, a photo lineup. Somehow, some way, like, he gets word, he takes off. Oh, my goodness. So, they're on the run, and they finally find him about 250 miles from the border, and he was hiding in the back of a vehicle underneath a blanket, and he actually had full ladies' clothes on underneath his own clothes. To which I'm like, why? <laughs> like, was that, like, a rush to just be dressed like a chick underneath your regular clothes? Like, I don't know. If that's a thing, cool, great. Like, I'm not I'm not judging it in, in the sense of, like oh, I'm trying to be stereotypical of whatever, but I just, I wonder, like, is, what do you get out of that? What, is it, like, a pleasurable thing? Like, I don't, I don't understand it at all. I don't understand either, but I also don't understand, because, like, you've said before, because didn't you say when he was, like, at the mall or not, not the, not He was dressed in drag. Yeah, Yeah. like, he dressed in drag in public before, so it's, like, why are you now not dressing in drag? You're dressing in drag underneath your clothes. Like, what? Unless, like, he's going to make a dramatic, like, outfit change halfway through the day. Like, I mean, I support that. That's kind of cool. But other than that, I don't I don't see the point. I agree. Well, okay. And here's the thing. Apparently, he loved dressing in drag, but, like, wasn't gay. Or I wonder, was he and he just didn't want to admit it because, like, back in those times, like, that was completely taboo. Like, you could not, could not come out. You could not be open with it. But then at the same time, like, that doesn't work because all of his victims were women. But I just, I don't know. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, Tristan, like, what are your thoughts? Because 
what's his obsession with it if it just doesn't make sense to me i don't know i don't know i think he kind of just has like an obsession of like doing things that are bad like you know like his mom said you can't wear those shoes people society says you can't wear women's clothes like i'm gonna do it anyway yeah society says i can't kill people i'm gonna do it anyway like i don't know (laughs) dennis rodman i guess was like super heterosexual but like would wear women's clothes all the time just because he thought it was whatever so i guess it's just like a thing i don't know i don't know i think he was just like a little rebel in his own way i mean like you could like maybe cut your hair different i don't know yeah be edgy that way you really don't have to like wear women's clothes under your clothes and kill people but i mean i don't know (laughs) i really don't know well and like i was saying his obsession with the high heels was like a sexual fetish so he was like attracted to the shoes themselves and i guess i don't understand that because i'm not sexually attracted to objects at all but yeah apparently like it that was his thing so i don't know so like i said there's a ton of information on this guy right like because he was so high profile i actually watched a few documentaries on him and in one of the documentaries the cop who actually made his arrest um and was part of his interrogation he Uh, stated that once they had Jerry in custody, he told them that he had an IQ of 165, to which um, an average IQ for a person is about 100, but I don't don't know. So, and I think after like 140, you're considered like genius, and then like above 160 is you can join that. What's that group? It starts with an M? I have whatever. no idea. I don't know. Anyways. So he got a lawyer as soon as possible, and he literally confessed everything to his lawyer, giving specific exact details. And that's, again, where I don't I don't know if because he was giving such exact details, was there truth to that? Was it 100% truth, or was he kind of fabricating things? I literally, I don't know. But yeah. his lawyer said that he showed, like, zero emotion to everything. Then, for some reason... On May 30th, 1969, he was actually arrested and only charged with kidnapping. And they were unable to charge him with murder due to the fact that they only had circumstantial evidence, even though they had a witness with a positive identity and his confession. Like, I don't understand that. I literally don't understand that. Wait, 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 wait. I guess he moved. Where is the foot in the freezer? Um, I don't know if they ever recover that. Where is the foot but, in the freezer? You can't actually, tell me they, he got rid of it. No, they they had to have recovered it. But once once yeah. they did have him arrested, they were able to like go into his workshop and they were able to get all of his trophies. They were able to get all of his photographs. Okay, like good. they they literally were able to like get everything that he had done. So once they had him in custody, um, the cop that would interrogate him would actually just end up asking him like hypothetical questions because Jerry refused to talk about it, which I thought this is like super interesting because this is exactly what they used in the mind hunter episode season one, episode eight, they actually covered Jerry specifically. So I watched those episodes with him. Oh, okay. And Jerry couldn't really like help himself. And so he basically told them everything from a hypothetical standpoint. So I don't know if that's why they couldn't use it against him because like he confessed to his lawyer and then they could only ask him hypothetical questions. And so I don't know, maybe just in the justice system, like there was no way that they could fully like uh, charge him with it. But he 
ended up sharing things with them that even they didn't know. And he actually told them that he would experiment on the bodies once they were deceased. Ew. And that he had no remorse, that they were just objects to him. And he actually referred to them as, like, candy wrappers. And, of course, you throw away candy wrappers. Like, who wouldn't? So, like, in his mind, like, it didn't register, like, this is a human being. This is a life, like... To him, it was just something disposable. So, of course, like I said, the photographs were found um, of the victims. And initially, when Jerry had heard of this, he thought he had them fooled because he was like, there's no way that you can pin the photos on him. He's like, just because I have photos (laughs) of dead girls doesn't mean I'm the one who killed them kind of thing. And he was like, there's no way like you could prove it. (laughs) However, on one occasion when he thought he was the smartest criminal alive, he actually, ref- like, failed to see his own reflection oh was God. reflected in the mirror. So, super, super disgusting. Like, he would place the mirror underneath the girls and make them, like, mm. stand over it and, like, take pictures. But you can literally see his reflection in Dummy. it. So, he's an idiot. And and once once that happened, like, it was... <laughs> but, sir, who is this in the mirror? So, <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly like uh jerry you're right here what are you talking about so june 4th of 1969 they actually tested him or evaluated him for insanity he was given seven evaluations and all seven agreed he was not criminally insane why what so so like he yeah he was just like insane. regular insane like not he had to insane. he was <laughs> he's still crazy yeah like he couldn't Yeah, no, but he couldn't be like, oh, I'm crazy. That's why I did all this. Like, no, he was ready to, like, stand trial. I get what you're saying. So later on that month, on June 27th, he went before the judge. And uh, he was charged with three counts of murder. And he pled guilty to all three. He was sentenced to three consecutive life sentences. But because of the times, like, those life sentences would actually mean that he would be 66 before he could apply for parole. And in my mind, I don't understand how three life sentences would only account for, like, 30 years. Because he was 30 when he got arrested. Yeah, it's like uh, when you buy something, it's like lifetime warranty. It's not your lifetime. It's the product's lifetime. Like, that's what it's giving me. It's not his lifetime. It's just the jail's lifetime. Like, you know what I mean? Which doesn't make sense either. Yeah. Yeah, like, nowadays, like, he would for sure get death penalty or, you know, like, life sentences are, like, 30 30 years at a minimum each. So it would be, like, 90 years kind of thing. But, like, for him, a life sentence was literally, what, like, 10 years? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. So, seriously, um, also, it's worth mentioning that although he confessed to the four murders at the time, he was neither tried nor convicted for the killing of the first girl the encyclopedia girl and i don't know if it was because they like didn't have her body or like what their reasoning was but but um well that's what i mean they had the foot but unlike the last three he didn't take any pictures of the first victim and even though he did have the foot to which i want to know like what why like i just feel like that's that's an that's not enough like her foot isn't enough to know that but I guess that didn't mean that she was deceased. I have no idea. And I just feel like that's really sad for her family. Because, ew. Like, I don't know. Like, how does she not get justice? Yeah. Like, he kept her foot. 
But anyways, after he was convicted, they did end up finding her body about a mile away from where he said it would be. But again, even after they found her body, they still didn't tr- well, like. Could they convict, convict him, him of because her. so he that's kind of- like double jeopardy too. He confessed to the murder, but they never. If the conviction was part but they never of charged I mean, him if his, for the it. Convex- yeah, confession was like part of his trial though, and he said he did it, and they never said anything. Could they really go after him again, even though he already said he did it? I don't know how double jeopardy works, honestly, but yeah. I could see that being a loophole. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> and I think it's frustrating for the family and annoying, but I don't know. So a year after Jerry was put away, they actually went after Darcy, his wife, and this is where I was going to talk about it. The people decided that there was no way that she was unaware of what was going on. And one of their neighbors claimed that they saw her helping him dump a body like as an accomplice so she was eventually found to be not guilty she then divorced him completely terminating his parental rights and she changed hers and the kids' names but again like it was kind of like a huge scandal because they were like hey darcy like we don't believe you we don't believe you that you had no idea like you couldn't be that ignorant and not know sorry darcy i don't believe you either but (laughs) yeah like that's hard that's super, super yeah. hard, and I I don't know, and again, like sh- like I said, she changed her name. No one's ever heard of her after. Like, people have tried to look for her, whatever. Like, she has nothing to do with anything. Well, yeah, I would dip so. out, too, but – and it's also interesting that, like, after she was found not guilty, then she divorced him. Like, why didn't she divorce him, yeah. like, as soon as it happened? Beforehand and terminate his rights Especially from the beginning? Especially because he, like, no totally idea. confessed everything. And, like, if you're really that blindsided and he's like, yeah, I killed people in our basement, you just didn't know about it, I'd be like, okay, literally, like, get me out of this world. Yeah. Um, I want to move to a different country. I don't even speak English anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Like, forget that. Well, and it's crazy because we have to – I also wonder, like – how old were the kids? Because if they got married in 1962, and that means that they either had their daughter in like 61 or 62, because it was around the time that they got married, she was already yeah. pregnant. So by 69, you know, she's older. I don't know. It's just all super interesting. But you find nothing. There's nothing on the kids. Like, and I wonder, like, what? Well, that's how I'd want it to. But yeah, were they old enough to know? Like, do they ever associate themselves, or is it like their secret they're gonna die with kind of thing? Because imagine, like, those grandkids. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's just interesting. So once incarcerated, Jerry actually started to create a library for himself because he began subscribing to every shoe magazine one could think of. And he called it, like, like, smut. (laughs) And seriously, like, they would send it to him because, like, he was such a, like, high-profile guy. Like, he didn't shy away from the media. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Homeboy was, like, all over it. Like, oh, yeah, send me your catalogs for your foot models like whatever and because of his notoriety like i said he was a free featured criminal on mindhunter but there were tons of articles and in one of them it had some great info on it and had a really great quote so and i quote over the course of his years in jail bruto successfully managed to solicit solicit a large collection of women's shoe catalogs from clothing manufacturers that he would write to. He was frequently beaten by fellow inmates, including on one occasion, January 1st of 1970, where he was treated for rectal bleeding that was classified to being caused by hemorrhoids. Brutos died on March 28, 2006 from liver cancer after spending a record-breaking 37 years in prison. 
making him the longest ever incarcerated inmate in the Oregon Department of Corrections, end quote. So basically, he was a freak with his shoes. Uh, Nobody liked him in prison, and they would repeatedly beat him up for it. And he was there for so long, like, he just, I don't know, got whatever. He was just, I don't even know how to explain Oh, my God. Okay, I'm sorry, but, like, one of the, okay, like, obviously killing people really big crime. But, like, I think one of the biggest crimes is these freaking people sending him foot pictures. That's what I mean. Like, why are that's you feeding into insane. his fetishes? That is awful that well that's why i was so saying like gross. people knew about him like he wasn't he was one of those people where he would constantly talk to the media and i guess there's this guy uh lars larson he's from portland and he would go to the prison to just like interview him about stuff and i don't know um when he was asked he went and had this interview with brutos right and when he was asked after he had already served over like 30 years in prison um he, the guy has two degrees and he was seeking after a master's in psychology but when he was asked like would you ever do it again he just nodded yes like he had like zero remorse about anything like he just i don't even know it was like he was almost like proud of what he had done which is just that is insane so creepy well yeah and i just honestly think like it is like I don't know. I think he is just like a really obviously jacked up person and any kind of attention, good or bad, he just wants it. So yeah. Like, and he found attention from the very beginning with these stupid shoes, stupid mm-hmm. high heels. And that really fed into like who everything. he was as a person. Yeah. And I, oh my God, I, I still cannot believe like who is sending large collection of women's shoes catalogs from clothing manufacturers? Which clothing manufacturer? Because they need to be like, I don't even know. Well, and that he would be, he would write to them. Like, that's what I mean. Like, I don't know. I guess if you live under a rock and you don't pay attention to the news, as an adult, I feel like you would have known the common criminals of the time. And he was the one of the biggest ones at the time. Okay, and so you no had to know his name. I would be like, who is this man asking for foot pics? Like, no. <laughs> yeah. I would do some kind of research. Like, exactly. We're just giving, like, oh, it's just a bum. Who cares? Like, give it to him. Like, why would you go out of your way? <laughs> Wasting money. Postage. Postage nowadays, it's 53 cents to mail a letter. Yeah. Back then, it probably didn't cost anything. But now, <laughs> 53 cents that's a lot you can't tell me they were not losing money by printing pictures of feet for this man weird 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 Ugh. i have no idea that's the worst part and like this he just doesn't care which is insane too and like i wonder like does he feel any remorse about like the whole losing his wife and kids like did he even care about that did he ever talk about that be like no yeah my wife left me i have i have lost my parental rights which like you truly should not have it i agree great idea but like you would think he'd be a little upset not at all he's like well and see that's the thing in the episode of mindhunter that i watched like they portray them as the fbi agents because have you watched mindhunter yet it's super interesting um Oh, it's really good. Well, it's a fictionalized show that's based off of, like, the FBI research of serial killers of, like, why we should have started just, like, not just putting them to death but studying them to understand, like, why they do what they do. 
anyways. So in the show, they actually say that they called Darcy to like try to have a conversation with her and that she didn't want anything to do with them. And that when they mentioned that to Jerry, he got like super offended and like refused to talk about his wife and kids. Hmm. But I mean, I don't know, like how accurate is that? Because obviously Jerry died in 2006 and I mean, we have books by Anne Rule, but I kind of don't trust Anne. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's deceased as well. So like no, nothing against her as a person or anything, but I just feel like, you know, how much of her yeah. stuff was fabricated too. So it's hard to know 100% like what the truth is when you're working with these people, these like psychopath people, like. Yeah. Because are they telling you the truth or are they telling you what they want you to hear or what they think you want to hear? Like, I have no idea. So, by the way, I looked up the price of a postage stamp in 1969 and it was six cents, which is insane. Okay. That's still a lot. Yeah. So. I want to pay six cents to send a mail my shoe pick unless he's unless he's paying me back. I don't know. What is, what well, is and did people doing? just, like, want the notoriety of, like, oh, I sent the catalog or I sent a pair of high heels to Jerry Brudos because <gasps> Tristan, of course, there's, it's, like, the people, the prison, write a prisoner people before write a prisoner was even a thing. Wow, he really was making something happen. Yeah, it was before yeah. write a prisoner. It was probably before feet pick, selling feet picks online, too. Yeah. So that's a thing now, too. Hmm. That's interesting. So, would you ever sh- send a picture of your feet to Jerry Brudos? No. Why would I feed into serial killers? No thanks. Says the girl that wants to interview him. Yeah, interviewing I feel like is a completely different thing than like feeding into their fantasies. Like, ugh, no thanks. That's true. If you had to ask him a question, what was the question? What question would you ask him? I don't know mine. Well, okay, so this is kind of hard because I I know that he would talk so illy of his mother all the time, and I guess my question would want to be, like, do you think you would have been different had your relationship with your mom been different? Because he blames his obsession and all of those things on his mom. Like, oh, because my mom didn't love me, because my mom didn't treat me the way I wanted to be treated, like, that's why I turned into who I am. But as an educated man, because again, like I said, he had degrees. He In his 30 years he was in prison, he had degrees. Like, would you really blame that on your mom? Or was he born that way? Like, I wonder what his opinion of himself was, I guess. That makes sense. What about he you? He probably thinks he's a saint. Um, no, no offense, no, like, meanness to this girl or, or their family. If you're listening to this, I am really sorry this happened to your daughter. But I would like to know, what did he do with the foot? Like, what is the point? Why did you keep a foot and put it in the freezer? Did you just keep it in the freezer and never look at it again? We used to, used to take it out and look at it. Did you used to put it on shoes? Would you dress it up? Because you dressed up dead bodies. Would you yeah. dress up the foot? That's my question. What was the foot for? I'm surprised he only kept one foot. Yeah. I, Why just one? I literally don't know. These are the questions I need answered. Yeah. But, yeah, unfortunately, he died, so. So, yeah, we don't See have ya. those answers. He's going to rot. Yeah. Well, yeah. That is the story that we have for you today on Jerry Jerome Brudos. I mean, guys, there's so much research out there. If you want to watch Mindhunter, if you want to watch documentaries on him, like, he's all over the place. Um, 
again, thank you, Addie, for giving us this because I don't know, like I, I had heard of his name, like I, oh, the, the shoe fetish killer or the lust killer or whatever, like I'd heard of him, but I didn't really like know much about him. So I think it is really interesting all the way that things played out. I am again, severely disappointed in the fact that he was able to take the lives of two more victims and not get caught when that car crashed into his garage. That doesn't make sense to me, but okay. And yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting, I guess. What are your final thoughts, Tristan? I mean, my final thoughts are Jerry is freaking psycho, obviously. Um, I really think he does blame his mother which maybe his mom, you know, it, it would hurt my feelings too if my mom says she didn't like my fancy shoes I found at the dump. I <laughs> but I really don't think it needs to fuel like this whole saga of killing people and having the, the craziest shoe fetish ever alive. Like, yeah, chill, Jerry, chill. It's not that. Well, okay, and actually, you know what? I do want to go back. I do want to say I would want to ask him did Darcy help you with stuff? Like, was she aware of it? And she just never said, like, Oh yeah. Was she an accomplice and like, just never wanted to admit it or like, how much did she know? Did she know of stuff? Like, you know, was there like ever pillow talk or anything where you confess things to her and she just thought you were crazy talking about your weirdo dreams or something like that? Like, I don't even know. Did you see the post picture that I just posted in the bottom of the thing? Cause that's, that's him. That's the picture I was trying to tell you about. Why does he look dead? I don't know, but that's literally him. Like those are the kind of took that picture. He would put it on a timer. I have no idea, but he did timers back then. That's what I'm saying. Darcy took the picture, obviously. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Well, how could he take a picture? Did they have tripods back then? Did they? I don't know. I don't. I really don't. don't Dude, I still don't. I still can't realize they had cars back then. Y'all drove. (laughs) Y'all ain't horse and buggy. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. But yeah, who took that picture? Mm-hmm. Darcy, where you at? Anyway. No, I totally agree. I think it's interesting. Also, I would like to know, did y'all get ever get sick? You had a foot in your freezer next to your meat. Because remember she called down yeah. and be like, hey, can you bring up the brisket? And she'd be like, yeah, okay, let me push the foot aside. Like, that. that's gross. <laughs> like, well, and sorry, I wonder, but... too, did, like, his kids know about stuff and they just never, like, found it or anything? Like, I have no yeah, You can't idea. tell me the kids weren't, like, going in the basement and being like, oh, let's go in dad's secret basement. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's all really interesting. It's all really interesting. And again, like we need to post or talk about the fact that all of this is wrong. We are not glorifying anything that they are doing. We just find it psychologically mind blowing that these things happen and that people get away with it for as long as they do. Like it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. So I don't know. I don't. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Um, Yeah. I, that's the story of Jerry Brudos and, and who knows, maybe we can do another episode later on and maybe like, what if Darcy's still alive? And what if like on her deathbed, she decides to come clean with the truth of what happened? Who knows? That's such a lie. Cause no one even knows where Darcy is. Darcy who? <laughs> yeah. Let's be real. <laughs> Darcy doesn't even exist. Darcy doesn't exist. I agree, and I'm still I'm still lost on the whole fact. Like, like, honey, can you bring me up the frozen meat? And like, what if he accidentally brought up the foot? Like, would she know the difference? Like, what does a frozen foot look like? 
wonder if he chopped it up. Maybe they ate it. What if they ate the foot? Oh, that's, that's why disgusting. they couldn't find it. They ate the foot. They ate no, the foot. No, I that's think my that final they did thoughts. find the foot. But I wonder, like, it had to have been changed colors. Like, yeah, I don't know how bodies work and like preservation and frozen. Like, do they just look the same? Because you know what I'm thinking. I'm really thinking this man like froze the foot and then he would like steal shoes and like probably like put the foot on the shoes and take pictures of it. There has to be pictures of the foot. Come on. If he dresses himself up, dresses dead bodies, he has to dress up the foot. That only makes sense. I don't know. It's all crazy. Everything's crazy. Jerry's crazy. Eileen's crazy. Darcy's crazy. I don't you know, know what? Other guys the names. other thing I was going to say is I want to know, like, I would have asked Jerry, like, what does your mom think? Does your mom come visit you in prison or did she just totally, like, decide that you... She probably disowned his yeah. lame but She said, Larry's my only son and we don't wear shoes in this household. <laughs> And she probably says, like, you're not allowed to have shoes in the house, honestly. Yeah. No High idea. heels, that's some, like, witchcraft. Honestly, like, I bet that lady, that poor lady. Like, I don't know. I feel bad for her at the same time. Like, how, like, awful. Like, you know, you do one thing and you tell your kid, like, once, like, yo. Like, maybe she honestly was, like, just trying to be like, dude, you got these heels from the freaking dump. Stop. Like, we're throwing yeah. them away. But then she thought, like, yo, I can't throw these away. He's going to go back to the dump and get them. So she had to light them on fire, which I, I agree is a little extreme. But, like, at the same time, like, she really wasn't doing anything wrong. Your five-year-old son brought freaking heels from the dump. No, you cannot walk around in heels from the garbage. Sorry, I wouldn't let my kid do that. Maybe. Oh, this is going weird. Crazy conspiracy theory. Maybe she had somebody in their family that was gay or something like that. And so she tried to like nip it in the bud as soon as she found out because she was worried like that lifestyle for him. I don't know. Like, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt that she was just trying to be like a decent mother and that she wasn't trying to be like a controlling psychopath. But then again, he had to have gotten it from one of his parents. So I don't know. I don't know. I think I think it's both. I think she's like psycho, but at the same time, like, yeah, you can't be mad at her for telling her son. You you literally got these shoes from the garbage. Like, who are you? Them. You cannot yeah. keep garbage shoes. I, if my like I I no no matter what kind of shoes he brought home from the garbage, I'd be like, sir, who do you think we are? We are not rats living on the street. Yeah, this is not ratatouille. We don't eat from the garbage. We don't get shoes from the garbage. Like. What are we doing here? Like, I, I buy you nice pair of shoes and you pick shoes from the garbage. I'd be so mad, actually. I'd burn them, too. Actually, you know what? Justice for Eileen. Oh, my God. <laughs> I take back my statement. I'd burn those shoes, too. I'd be like, the disrespect. My son brings shoes from the garbage and rather wears those than the shoes I buy him. That's rude. I mean, actually, I have no I, idea. This whole case is a flip. Nope. Justice for Eileen. That's all I have to say. Justice for Eileen. Oh, my gosh. Well, I just looked it up, and I'm pretty sure she passed away in 1971, so she wasn't alive long after his crime, so. Dude, that probably killed her, honestly. Kill me if my freaking kid was doing that. Yeah, can you imagine if you grow up or your kid grows up and, like, you know that they're already a little bit disturbed because, obviously, your son spent nine months in an insane asylum, and then he grows up to do that. Yeah, I guess they really didn't have high hopes for him, but still. Wild. Well, can you imagine just being that parent living in Corvallis? Corvallis is not a big place. Like, it's not small, but it's not big. Like, oh, yeah, your crazy son, Jerry. Like, ugh. That would just, I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. So, anyways, we love that you hung out with us today, and we look forward to spending time with you again 
on our next case. Thank you again for listening today and listening so much. Wow. I don't even know what I'm saying. I need to go eat food. So, yes. I hope everybody enjoys the rest of their day. Justice for Eileen.